It is Monday, November 6th. I'm Scott Seidenberg. And I'm AJ Hoffman. The silver and black are back. And Daniel Jones is back on the IR. Here comes the Vegas truth. This is straight out of Vegas. We are straight out of Vegas AM, your daily destination for sports conversation with a Vegas lean. Here's what you need to know to start your day. Daniel Jones tears his ACL in a loss to the Raiders. That's right. The Raiders get their first win under interim coach Antonio Pierce. AJ, it's a Monday morning quarterback episode. So as we do each and every week, let's recap the Sunday that was in the NFL. And let's start with Sunday Night Football. It's fresh in our minds. The Buffalo Bills and the Cincinnati Bengals. Bengals win 24-18 in a game that I felt was like two or three different games in one because the first quarter looked like a much different game from the rest of the game that we saw. Yeah, it, it felt I mean it felt like a game that was first of all controlled by the officials. Again, uh this is becoming a recurring theme, not just it's almost every game at this point. Uh, but a couple big calls early on really shaped the way the game was going. But the Bengals got off to a really fast start. And Josh Allen made another, it feels like the fifth or sixth, I guess I think it is the fifth game in a row where he's thrown an interception. And this was another just bozo interception. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it put the Bengals in a good spot and put the Bills in chase mode for most of the game. And they were able to make it a game late, but uh, the defense just couldn't hold up in some big spots to get that that last stop that would have given them the chance one more time. So uh, disappointing effort for the Bills, but the Bengals look like they're back. This this looks like the team that, you know, we, we saw last season that we thought was going to be one of the top teams in the AFC. They While the Bills are, are sort of fading from what our expectation was, and a lot of it's due to the injuries that have piled up on this team, the Bengals, as they've gotten healthier, look to be ascending to the the, the top of the heap, if you will. Uh, I'm not so sure I'm I'm sold on the Bengals being back just yet. Yeah, the two drives in the first quarter looked great, but they, they didn't score a touchdown in the second half. Jamar Chase was ineffective until one catch late in the game. Uh, and, and the Bills, you know, if Dalton Kincaid doesn't get that ball punched yeah. out there, this, this game might have ended up a lot different. You know, the second half, I thought the Bills controlled most of that play. Uh, but it was just too big of a hole to dig out of when Cincinnati kicked that field goal, and especially after Kincaid fumbled. Yeah, and I thought the the it's funny the the play right before the uh, right before half when they called the the intentional grounding. I thought that was a crazy call, and then there was a play where in the second half where I thought there should have been a grounding call on Josh Allen. And yeah, I didn't yeah, call yeah, it. Yeah. Uh, it's just very very odd things, but that 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 call late set up the Cincinnati in in some decent shape again, and it was just. I don't know. They, it, you're right. The Bengals don't look they didn't look like they like a juggernaut, but consider the Bills are still a pretty good team. And like the likelihood that the Bills were going to get blown out by anybody, it still seems pretty low. Even as banged up as they are, mm-hmm. it seems like they're still going to be able to hang with almost anybody. I I think the the difference is their ceiling is is lower. Like I, I don't know that they can beat anybody anymore. Did you ask me week three? I would have said 
you know, on their best week, playing against any other team on their best week, I give the Bills a, a coin flip chance. And I don't think that's the case anymore. I think the Bills' best is a little bit shy of the top teams in the AFC right now. I think Cincinnati's is too, but it feels like there is an up arrow by Cincinnati. I'm not saying they're all the way back, but Joe Burrow certainly looks a lot different than he did pre-buy. And this is no longer a team that is like floundering on offense. You know, I, I'm not at the game. They didn't play the game yet. That'll be Monday Night Football tonight. We'll talk about it. But if I told you in week nine, the Jets had a better record than the Buffalo Bills without Aaron Rodgers at quarterback, you would have said, Scott, this uh, is not, crazy. This is, yeah, you shouldn't be doing this anymore. Uh, but that's the reality of the situation now at four and three. The Jets are ahead of the five and four Buffalo Bills. And the Bills have to be concerned now about, you know, like it's a real thing. Are they going to make the playoffs now? Mm-hmm. They get the Broncos next week, and you know if they if they are able to beat the Broncos at home, which let's assume that they do, you're at six and four, and six and four you feel like okay we're in decent shape, but then the str- the stretch of games that they've got after this Broncos game, it's Jets at Eagles at Chiefs home Cowboys mm. at Chargers home Patriots at Dolphins, it's going to be an uphill climb. Like they have to start beating some of these teams if they're going to make the playoffs. And if they, I mean, I, it would be a massive disappointment for this team if they were to miss out on the playoffs, given the preseason expectations. And the Bills are seven and a half point favorites at home against the Broncos next week on Monday night football. As for the Bengals, they will be home against the Houston Texans next week. Cincinnati, an eight point favorite starting to get treated like they are the Bengals yeah. that everyone expected them to be before the season started. Let's talk about the game that we teased in our open, and that was the uh, Las Vegas Raiders beating the Giants 30-6. to Antonio Pierce gets his first win as the interim head coach of the Las Vegas Raiders, and we've talked about this before. It's that boost that you get when you fire your head coach. It doesn't last, so maybe betting against the Raiders in future weeks is, is going to be a profitable thing, but betting on that team in that first week in the past few years, it's been extremely profitable. Yeah. And the rate, like you talk about the boost or the bump or whatever you want to call it. It certainly seemed like it was there the way they were celebrating that win post game. Like they, they acted like it's a whole, it's a whole new ball game for them. And listen, it's the first time they've put up, I think this is their, their highest point total of the season. The game still yep. went under, <laughs> Raiders put up their highest point total of the season, which is pretty wild. Um, so kudos to the defense. A lot of it had to do with Daniel Jones leaving early, although Daniel Jones didn't look super effective when he was in there. But the backup quarterback situation for New York is just pathetic. Um, th- this felt like a, a, a like you said, a, a team that was excited to be playing for someone that wasn't Josh McDaniels. This, this It felt like they were motivated and uh, looked like they were just having fun, which says a lot. If you if your team's going, you, you have a team that's sitting at what three and five going into the week, and they're still having fun. That's a good sign for your team. So, yep. I I don't know what the Raiders' ceiling is, particularly with Aiden McConnell out there. Um, Aiden O'Connell, sorry, but I, I they're they're certainly not a team that I'm like looking to instantly fade just because they've had their bump. I'm not, I'm not looking to go against them next week and say, oh, well, that that falls off because it does look like they're excited and. You've seen it this year with the Houston Texans, who are excited to be playing for the coach they're playing for. I think there is something to that, like for for players who who are playing for a coach they're excited to go out there and work for. Yeah, and the Raiders, who will play the Jets on Sunday night football next week, 
are a two and a half point home underdog right wow. now on the early line. Yes. I might even be looking to back the Jets next week. <laughs> the Raiders, two and a half point dogs. Oh, excuse me. Ra- I might look look to back the Raiders, not the yeah, Jets. Yeah, I, I understand what you were saying. A little reverse psychology there. But from the Giants' perspective, it's absolutely embarrassing the way this team is playing. Forget about Daniel Jones leaving the game. Defensively, they have no intensity. They are allowing third and longs like it's their job. Uh, Brian Dable seems to have lost this team in his second year. It, it's it's honestly like we see teams, you know, I was going back and forth on Twitter with uh, Frank Schwab from Yahoo Sports, and he was saying, you know, it, it, it's you can look at like look at the 0-11 Lions and how hard they fought every single game. You just don't see that type of effort from the Giants. Like you can see effort from bad teams and be like, you know what? I like that. I like what I'm seeing. You don't see that effort from the New York Giants. And I think that has to come from the top down. Yeah. And you have to worry because it felt like last season, we were just talking about how the Raiders feel excited to be playing for their coach. It felt like that was the case last year with Dayball. Mm-hmm. It felt like all the Giants were were really rallying for that guy and playing above their talent level for him. And now it looks like they're playing below their talent level and they're not an ultra talented team to begin with. Dayball got the max out of them last season. This year, he's not even getting half of it. And you see the results last year. They're, I, I would even say they were, they were a good team. They weren't a great team, but they were a good team last year. Mm-hmm. Right now they are disastrously bad. Like they, they, yesterday they looked like the worst team in the league. Well, Arizona still exists. Yesterday, they looked like the second worst team in the league, which is saying mm-hmm. something. And the Giants, 15 and a half point underdogs at Dallas next week. Oh, yeah, that's wild. But you know what? The Giants, to me, it's 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 um, an indictment on their front office as well. The fact that they went into last, uh, the, you know, yesterday's game after last week and still had Tommy DeVito as their backup quarterback is inexcusable. When you see a guy like Josh Dobbs, who arrives on Wednesday, gets thrown into the fire because Jaron Hall gets hurt and he leads the Vikings to a win and plays his ass off, and you can't find a better backup quarterback than Tommy DeVito, who was completely inept last week and is looked like it again yesterday, that, that falls on the Giants' front office as well. No doubt. And it's not like they didn't know that Tyrod Taylor wasn't, wasn't going to be available. They knew it. Yeah, and like you knew your situation, you knew you had an injury-prone starter, and you knew the trade deadline was going to be passed. Like I, I don't know what their options are now. If they go with Tommy DeVito for the rest of the season, they're not going to win another game. Like this is, it's not, it's not possible. Like they are going to be, they're going to be the worst team in the league if he's the quarterback for the rest of the year. And by the way, we haven't gotten to this yet, but Daniel Jones tears his ACL in this game. Yeah, that's the uh, early reports. And, yep, and obviously done for the season. But this is a, a huge blow to that team, not not just for this season, because, again, they stunk this season. But you're so invested in Daniel Jones now long term. I mean, at least for I should say medium term mm-hmm. that like bringing in another real quarterback isn't really an option. Like it, it's almost like, well, this year's a dud. Just and, tank and draft a quarterback. Yeah, we got to wait till we get Daniel Jones back. And, and yeah, maybe maybe I don't know if you can use your first round pick on him. But you have to, you at least have to have a developmental quarterback behind Daniel Jones next season. Like, it, it, you you can't have some a Tyrod Taylor type. You need your quarterback of the future on this roster sooner than later. 
Yeah, and I think the Giants will be in a position to draft that quarterback, and then you know, just paying Daniel Jones continues to be uh, a big, big mistake. Oh, it's well, terrible. I, men- I mentioned Josh Dobbs. Let's talk about the performance from Dobbs. He shows up midweek after being traded from the Cardinals. He just doesn't take any reps in practice. Doesn't take any snaps. Nothing. Jaron Hall is the starting quarterback for the Vikings. He goes out with the concussion, and Josh Dobbs comes in. 20 of 30, 158 yards, two touchdowns. He rushes for 66 yards and a touchdown as the Vikings beat the Falcons 31-28 and come from behind fashion. This lets you know Josh Dobbs is the kind of guy you want as a backup quarterback. Like, he's a a smart guy. Everybody talks about how smart he is, uh, how quick he picks up on things, and it looks like that was the case yesterday. Like, for for him to show up off the street, basically, and perform the way he did, like, if you're not a quick learner, this doesn't work. Like there's a lot of guys who they wouldn't have even been active for this game. Like they would have said, Oh, we'll Mm -hmm. have, we'll have some practice squad guy come up and be the backup this week. You'll be in there next week. But I think this is a a credit to what Josh Dobbs is. And listen, that's a, that's a hell of a showing. Uh, You know, you're not going to look at the yardage and be wowed by it, but two, two touchdown passes, one running touchdown and gets a win outright as a dog on the road it, it, like in your first week with this team it's impressive and hey, also gutsy gutsy runs too and fourth downs third down situations just an incredible performance the greatest story that i heard was the you know we found out after the game that kevin o'connell had to relay basically explain the plays to him in his headset yeah, while but you only have a limited clock, amount of time. Exactly. Going. So the play clock's counting down before the NFL shuts off the communication between the coach and the quarterback. And he's talk, he's talking him through all the plays. And Josh Dobbs just being the the you know the, the rocket scientist he is, just comprehended it all. And to his credit, Jaron Hall didn't look bad before he got knocked out of the game. Like he looked pretty decent. So uh only missed one pass. He was efficient. He he ran the ball a couple times, like Maybe they've got something in Jaron Hall too. It's hard to tell, but this is—I think this this also is a, a down mark for Taylor Heineke. And I'm not saying that he's better or worse than Desmond Ritter. I, I don't think Desmond Ritter's good either. Uh, but Taylor Heineke is not the answer. And the Falcons—they probably are realizing right now that their quarterback isn't on this roster. Like their their long term quarterback is not on this roster. I know they wanted to find something out about Ritter. I think they found it out. Uh, but the problem is the Fal- there's probably Falcons fans who at four and four were thinking, hey, this team can still win this division. I, I don't think it's possible with the quarterback situation that they've got. I, I think this is going to end up being a, a losing season for them, uh, and, and they're going to have to go back to the quarterback well. Falcons, two-and-a-half-point favorites at the Cardinals next week, and we don't know who will start. And uh, the Vikings, two-and-a-half-point home dogs to the New Orleans Saints. The Saints, who picked up a win over the Bears, 24-17. They take over first place in the NFC South. But this wasn't, easy. <laughs> this wasn't exactly like a runaway victory for New Orleans. No, this was, this was not easy. They fought this whole time. And, I mean, honestly, New Orleans is, like, is really lucky that Tyson Bajant was awful. Yeah, uh, and that, that he couldn't take care of the football because if if he were if Bajent were even average if Bajent were Josh Dobbs yesterday, the the Saints lose this game. Uh, the other the other big difference in the game was Taysom Hill. They, they, the Bears didn't have an answer for him. Whether it was mm-hmm. passing the ball, running the ball, catching the ball, whatever it was, Taysom Hill that that Swiss Army knife. Uh, he he lived up to that role yesterday and and really punished that Bears defense. But the Saints offense continues to be meh. 
and, and it just it's not pretty. And I, going forward, I, I said this. I didn't I didn't end up having any money at all on this game, but I said going in, I just don't want the Saints as a big favorite. I don't know that I want the Saints as any kind of a favorite going <laughs> forward. Like it, like knowing they have to outscore their opponent, that just feels like a it feels like a tough task. I still think they're the best team in the division, but that just it doesn't say very much at all because that division is just so dreadful. Yep. Uh, I, I they're the best, but it's certainly not a team that I want to I want to pay like I'm paying the the premium for the best team in the division. I don't want that. Mm-hmm. Well, one of the teams in the division falls to three and five. That's the Tampa Bay Bucks, who lose to the Houston Texans 39-37 in one of the more entertaining games of the day. C.J. Stroud, a rookie record, 470 yards and five touchdowns. Boy, the Panthers wish they can redo the draft now. And this is a Texans team that lost their kicker, A.J., midway through the game. They had their running backup running back, uh, uh, was it Obinobi? who um, kicked a field goal, a go-ahead field yeah, goal. Yeah, crazy. He's like a soccer player and yeah. uh, make it almost a 30-yard field Wally, goal. I'm sorry. Agumba Wally, yeah. I mean, this is a that's, – that's, that's like – if it wasn't for C.J. Stroud playing like he did, that would be like the story of the game. But it yeah. turns out, I mean, C.J. Stroud was just incredible. Five touchdowns, 470 passing yards. It's wild to think that as great as Puka Nakua's rookie season has been, that – it looks like C.J. Stroud's a rookie of the year. I mean, the, yeah. this guy, what he did yesterday really sets him up. And Puka Nakua has been, like, breaking records. Mm-hmm. Uh, but C.J. Stroud continues to just be great. And you're right. The the, the Panthers have to be scratching their heads, like, and especially if you – and we'll go to that game next, I guess. But Bryce Young does not look like the answer. And C.J. Stroud continues just to exceed all expectations despite – Again, things just being set up for him to fail, not having ideal weapons, not having an ideal offensive line, not having a running game behind him, uh, having a first-year head coach who's a defensive head coach. The marriage between the OC and the quarterback here has just been so perfect. And uh, C.J. Stroud, there's a lot of potential there. The Texans, again, the Texans aren't going to be good this year, but the Texans are setting a great base yeah. To uh to to really in in this division specifically, where I don't know that anybody's great, uh like for the long term, the Texans are going to be in the mix next year, in my opinion. Yeah, and to see them come from behind and throw the touchdown at Tank Dell and and give themselves the win, it was what a performance from C.J. Stroud, just an incredible incredible rookie season he has thrown more touchdown passes and less interceptions this season already than Kenny Pickett in his entire career. Like he has 14 (laughs) touchdown passes and one interception on the season. Yeah. What a, what a story. What a rookie season for CJ Stroud. Now let's talk about the Panthers and Bryce young who lose to the Colts 27, 13 Bryce young throws three interceptions. Two of them returned for touchdowns. And that was the big difference in this game, because if not for the two pick sixes, it's a completely different ball game. Yeah, because the 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 offense for the Colts is pathetic. Yeah. I mean, they had less than 200 yards of offense in this game. Mm-hmm. It was three and a half yards per play. The, the Colts stink, but Bryce Young gave them two touchdowns. That, that's the difference in this game, and you can't overcome that. It's hard to overcome, you know, a, a, a minus two in turnovers, but when both of those go for scores, it's impossible. Like, there's almost just no way you can do it, so... Uh, Bryce Young, they've, they've got to figure out 
either how to fix him uh, or, or something that, because this this can't continue. And him rushing as much as he did, he's gonna he's not gonna last at this rate. He, like when when he's not when he's not throwing well, he's he's running and getting hammered. Like it, it's he's not long for this league. Like they they have to do something to help him, or he's going to have a very short and and disappointing career. Let's talk about the Packers beating the Rams twenty to three in a game where Brett Rippon just couldn't do anything against the Packers defense. Jordan Love wasn't really that impressive. Made plays when he needed to down the stretch. The Packers continue to be a second half team, but at three and five, I'm not excited about this Packers team I'm not excited about this win because this was a severely handcuffed Rams team with a backup quarterback yeah I don't think either one of these teams are good the Rams are definitely not good when Matt Stafford's not there like with Matt Stafford they've got a puncher's chance without him yes this is what they are I I don't this I'm with you this tells me nothing about the Packers I'm not all of a sudden thinking the Packers are oh maybe they've got something I I don't think they do I, I think this is a bad team I said going into this week I think this is one of the worst teams in the NFL. I still stand by that. And the, the fact that they were able to beat a team that, that at home with a backup quarterback doesn't tell me much. Uh, I, this is still a team I, I think is going to be overvalued. The fact that they were, you know, home, they were, they were favored here by over a field goal. It tells me like this, this team is still being, and this is just going to boost them even more. They're still being yeah. overvalued. So I'm going to be, the, the Packers are a team I'm going to be looking to fade. Packers next week, three point dogs at pittsburgh so, Ugh, gosh. gross game yeah gross game <laughs> well speaking of a gross game the commanders beat the patriots 20 to 17 as this was a unanimous selection on the dream pod we were all on the commanders plus the three and a half and they win outright after mac jones has a chance to engineer a come from behind drive even set his team up for a, a chip shot field goal to tie the game and he throws an inter- it was tipped but he throws yeah. an interception. No surprise. Yeah, and and honestly, Mac Jones like uh, didn't get sacked once, and had pretty clean pants at the end of this game. And that's uh, you know, we, we talked about the Commanders trading off their pass rushers and what a, what a a tough deal it was going to be for them. But I still said it's going to be it's to me it's difficult to imagine this Patriots team as a favorite, and it's difficult for me to imagine this Patriots team outscoring the Commanders because. Whatever you think of Sam Howell, he's willing to take chances. There, mm-hmm. There's going to be chunk plays there. There's going to be mistakes too, and we saw one yesterday. But he, he the, the offense is at least competent. It's not the case with with New England. This like the the only offense they had yesterday was a, a 64 yard run from Ramondre yep. Stevenson, and that was basically the entirety of of the good things. That the only other touchdown came directly off a fumble from from Washington and they the, the Patriots had like a 20 yard field and mm-hmm. were able to score. So this offense just is pathetic and I I don't know I don't think it's going to get better. I don't think Mac Jones is good. Uh I I think this is going to end up being a long and rough season for Bill Belichick. 2 and set This is not like a a phony 2 and 7. This isn't like oh they've been unlucky. It this is, is a phony a, 2. It is a phony 2 and 7 cuz they cuz they shouldn't have the eight. 2. <laughs> they, yeah, they maybe so. Have the two. Yeah. Maybe so. But you know what? If 
And it was strategy, I'm sure, by the Patriots and the organization and the PR department to leak that story to Ian Rappaport that he asked the report a couple of weeks ago that Belichick actually signed an extension this offseason. Yeah. Because if that report never came out, we'd be talking about Belichick on the hot seat, possibly losing his job and the Patriots going in another direction, which they still could do. But this is a, a, t- a season going from bad to worse for the Patriots. I still think when Bill Belichick leaves, it'll be on his own accord, or at least it'll make it seem like it's on his own accord. Yes. And he's yes. probably earned that. He, he may be the only coach who who has earned that right. Uh, I guess Andy Reid may be in the same boat, but it's rare. It's a rare thing, I think, that coaches get to decide when they leave. But I, mm-hmm. I would assume Bill Belichick's one of the guys who's who's earned that. Yep. Uh, I assume so as well. Let's talk about a couple of blowouts. The Browns beating the Cardinals 27-0. Remember on the Dream Pod when I picked the Cleveland Browns and I said, simple handicap, guys, Clayton Toon, that's all. Well, that's all I needed to say. Clayton Toon, 11 of 20, 58 yards, zero touchdowns, two interceptions. Seven sacks as well. And, yeah, this is a game that I would have just played the side had I known Deshaun was playing. Uh, but I ended up playing well, Arizona. The line shot total. up. The line shot up to 12 and a half when Deshaun Watson was announced in. Yeah, I, I played Arizona's team total under, under 14 and a half. And it was, I never even sweated a drop, uh, which it's such a low number. You'd think like, oh boy, I'd, I'll be sweating this one now. Uh, Arizona never sniffed the end zone. Um, they couldn't run the ball. They couldn't throw the ball. Uh, it, this was one of, and, and, and you listen, it's Clayton, but the Cardinals chose this. They chose to put Clayton Toon out there. They didn't have to yeah. trade Josh Dobbs. They chose to do this, but 58 total yards of offense. There's, there's no surprise that this team didn't score a point. Uh, and there's no, it's not really surprising that a, a quarterback in this situation looks so bad against this defense. We know the Browns defense is legit and this isn't a Will Levis type, a guy who has first round talent, you know, making his NFL debut. This is a guy who, was a, a a late round pick for a reason. Let's just yep. say that. And it, it looked like it. Well, maybe they'll get Kyler Murray back next week. That is still up in the air right now. Uh, another blowout. We saw the Ravens dominate the Seahawks 37 to three to the point where Lamar Jackson was out of this game in the second half. AJ. The Ravens are really good. I don't know how else to put it. They might be the best team. Um, they, this was against, by all accounts, a, a pretty good team in Seattle. They made them look like they didn't belong on the field. Lamar Jackson continues his mastery of the NFC. And this was despite some mistakes, like the, the Odell Beckham uh, fumble. The, yep. You know, like it felt like, oh boy, are, are the Ravens going to really ever pull away? The defense, though, I mean, they made Geno Smith look like, like Clayton Toon. Uh, I mean, this was a rough, rough day for Geno and the the running game that Seattle has been able to lean on this year with Kenneth Walker and Zach Charbonnet. They they carried it 15 times for 28 yards. Yeah. Like, no wonder Geno couldn't do anything like this was this was an absolute dominant performance by the Ravens defense. And Lamar did exactly what he needed to do. Like he he kept him in a in the spin cycle. Uh, he he ran the ball well. Uh, like the the numbers aren't gaudy, but he didn't make any mistakes. I think he took one sack, and just he controlled the game and kept the Raven. And they settled for a lot of field goals, but it didn't matter. Like at the end of the day, those field goals piled up. Every when you're scoring, every time you get the ball, it piles up, and this ends up being just an absolute thrashing. 
Ravens five and a half point favorites at home against the Browns next week. Division game seems like, like a it, lot of it, points, it, but they just I, hard to I'm not fading the them. Ravens though. Yeah, I don't I don't want anything to do with being on yeah, the opposite side of the argue. Ravens right now. Yep. All right, well, the two most anticipated games of the day, one of them started early, one of them late. The early game in Frankfurt, Germany, saw the Chiefs beat the Dolphins 21-14. Kansas City up 21-0 at the end of the first half, uh, a benefit of a strip, fumble, lateral return for a touchdown. And then the offense doesn't score in the second half. Miami puts up two quick touchdowns in the third quarter, but when they had a chance, Late in the game, fourth quarter, chance to get the ball uh, into the end zone. They drive down to the 31, and then uh, after an incomplete pass, the snap is botched, and they never get the playoff, and the Chiefs hold on Yeah, the, the Chris Jones penalty that when it, the game was 21-7, to and the, the Chiefs were about to, to force the Dolphins to kick a field goal and make it 21-10, and Chris Jones hits a guy in the face after a play's over, and they throw a 15-yard flag. Miami gets new life. The first play, they score a touchdown. And it's 21-14. I said, they just gave them four free points. They might blow this game. That's what a bad team would do. The Chiefs are still, mm-hmm. they're still, they still have the best player in the world on their team. And they're not as good as they've been in the past. At least offensively, they're not as good as they've been in the past. But they still have Patrick Mahomes. Their defense is playing like a top five defense in the league. And if you tell me it's yeah. going to be a close game, I want Patrick Mahomes. Like, I, can you ever picture a world, Scott, where down seven at the end of the game, Patrick Mahomes, like the snap goes past him and, and he has to fall on the ball on fourth down? I, I can't pick like, nope. that kind of, st- that's what, that's the difference between Patrick Mahomes and the rest of the world. I can see that happening to anyone else. I yeah, We saw it happen to Tua yesterday morning. It doesn't happen to Patrick Mahomes. And that's why, the money that steamed in on Miami, the fact that Miami was a favorite when this game kicked off at some places is insane to me that you're saying on a neutral field, I'll say Patrick Mahomes is going to lose to team X. I don't care who it is. If Patrick Mahomes is getting a point, giving a point, whatever it is, these close games, I'm going to back them 99% of the time. It seems ridiculously unfair to give Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid one of the best defenses yeah, in the NFL. Yeah, but you know what? The the idea that he's doing it with Noah Gray and Sky Moore and, you know, yeah. Rashi Rice and Kadarius Toney made an appearance again. And, you know, it's, uh, <laughs> it, it is wild that they've got – there's nobody on that offense outside of Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey – and they're mm-hmm. just making it work. And the fact that this defense is so good, it lets them it lets them manage with a, an okay offense. Uh, it, they don't make big mistakes, although Mahomes did have the fumble. Uh, it it could have cost them. But, again, at, at the end of the day, when, when you've got the best player in the world, you, you feel pretty good about it. And a key matchup in the NFC saw the Eagles defeat the Cowboys 28-23. Cowboys fans not happy with the way this game was officiated. Uh, Eagles fans praying that Jalen Hurts didn't suffer a serious knee injury because it did not look good, even though he stayed in the game and continued and finished the game. But the Eagles' best record in the NFL now still 8-1 and one, and got some breathing room in the division with this win over the Cowboys. While I agree with... I guess typical Cowboys fan about uh, how I feel about the, the officiating in this game. I, I didn't think it was great. 
at the end of the day, they had their chance at the end. And yep. th- what they did when it, it was first and first and 10 at the, uh, at the, what the 11 yard line, they, they there's penalty on first and five. They get, they get mm-hmm. a penalty. Uh, now it's first and 10 at the 11. They had back to back. Then it's second and 21 uh, after a sack. And, and then incomplete another penalty. And then you throw short of you throw short of the sticks when you can't throw short of the sticks. Like you had that last play had mm-hmm. to be to the end zone. It wasn't, and the Cowboys lose. I, I'm with them that the, it wasn't the best officiated game. But again, I said this at the beginning of the show. Look, not a lot of games yesterday were well officiated. Like the, you, it, bad officiating can't be an excuse anymore because it just it's everywhere. Over officiating seems to be everywhere. Uh, but at the end of the day, this Cowboys team had their chance and just they they dacked that last drive. <laughs> <laughs> I will say this, a much needed bye week now for oh, no the doubt. Philadelphia Eagles because I, I feel like Jalen Hurts is just banged up right now and he really needs this week Listen. off. That was a nasty hit on his knee with all the, the brotherly shove plays as well. This is a much needed bye yeah, week. Yeah, and this is a team that the fact that they're 8-1 and one, and it doesn't feel like they've even come close to their potential uh, is scary. Mm-hmm. But on the opposite side of that, you can see this team as you know after this bye week, they go back to this this physical brand of football. Come playoff time, these guys are just going to be beat down. Like they better get that one seed uh, because if if they don't get yeah. that bye week, they're going to be in real bad shape. It sure feels like the Eagles are learning how to win yeah. ugly and win close. The Chiefs games are too, and win when you're. Yeah, we win, and and you know what? That's why these are the two favorites to but go back to the Super Bowl because good they're finding ways to win football games because it, it's it's it it proves what type of team you are. But then also when you are at your best, no one touches yeah. you, and you have blowout wins. Yeah, and and, and it's that's funny what these two teams are going to be the Bills and the Cowboys feel like on opposite ends of that spectrum. Like they, we see it at times. Yes them put the they put their uh their foot on the gas against bad teams and blow them out when things are going great for the the dolphins are in that mix too when things are going great when you're front running your bullies things look great yep. when there's some adversity for these teams it just doesn't go well they don't seem to be able to win those close games and uh the eagles and the eagles and chiefs that really is separating those guys right now well we have one game left on the week 9 schedule and that is monday night football tonight The New York Jets hosting Herbs and the Chargers. The Chargers, north of a field goal favorite in this game, AJ. Three and a half point favorites in East Rutherford. I'm not backing the Chargers as outside of field goal favorites on the road. I've talked about this a lot over the last couple weeks because I think there's been multiple times that we've been in these situations where there are teams that have no business being road favorites and I'm like, how can this possibly be real? Like, this is a bad team. Bad teams shouldn't be favored on the road. I don't care if they're playing another bad team. The Chargers are not a good team. I, I'm, they're not bad, but they're not good enough to be laying more than a field goal on the road. It's just too damn much. And uh, I think this is a grimy game. I, I mean, I think we're talking about a good offense for the Chargers against a very good defense with the Jets. And I think we're talking about an okay defense with the Chargers against a, a dreadful offense with the Jets. This is an under. Uh, this 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 game is going to be ugly. Um, 
the Jets have, have they've only hit 300 yards twice all season on offense. I mean, that, that's just pathetic. Uh, and I know Zach Wilson has not been turning the ball over lately, and everybody's like, "Oh, maybe he doesn't stink." Maybe, but he's he's not gonna he's <laughs> not gonna move the ball down the field. Like he he's not going to mm. suddenly be a good quarterback just because he's not giving it to the other team. Now, I think this is a really ugly game. I feel I feel like it's a field goal game. If you put a gun to my head, I'll, I'll take the Jets pl- uh, plus the three and a half. Um, but I I, I don't want to I don't want to have any action on the side here. Uh, total in this one, 39 and a half. And we know primetime unders just continue to dominate this season. You know, every once in a while, I'll be sitting at home and saying, what are we going to cook for dinner? What are we going to cook for? It? My wife says, I don't know. And then guess what happens? Omaha Steaks comes by and drops meat off on my front porch and makes all the decisions that much easier, Scott. Meat to your front porch? Can't beat it, baby. Doesn't get better than that. I had the meatballs last night and... They were delicious, man. It was easy to cook, reheat in the oven, and bang, dinner is served. It's steaks, it's chicken, it's pork chops, it's it's it meatballs, like you said. They've got sides, so much great stuff. Guys, they've got a great sale going on right now. The Omaha Steaks semi-annual sale is here. It's a sale so nice, they only do it twice. Score mouth-watering savings on all your Omaha Steaks favorites with 50% off site-wide during that semi-annual sale going on right now. From tender, juicy steaks to big, beefy burgers, scrumptious sides, decadent desserts and so much more now's the perfect time to grab all your favorites plus get an extra $30 off when you use our promo code Vegas at checkout and every purchase is backed by their unconditional money back guarantee simply go to omahasteaks.com and shop the semi-annual sale today that's omahasteaks.com promo code Vegas at checkout minimum purchase may apply what's good everybody I'm Gerard Hector host and executive producer of the true hoop podcast You can catch me and the godfather of basketball player development, Coach David Thorpe, every Monday and Thursday talking all things NBA. I talked to a player recently who made a jump shot with like one or two seconds to go in the game because of point differential. And he had to think about it for a minute. And he's like, I let that bitch fly. Boom, he made it. He was happy. (laughs) Whatever. Search for the True Podcast on Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, SoundCloud, or wherever you listen to podcasts and subscribe. Rate and review us. That's T-R-U-E-H-O-O-P. Catch us every Monday and Thursday. Take care. I want to touch on a little college football. The uh, new playoff rankings will come out tomorrow night. And when AJ and I do our college football pod, we will break down the latest college football playoff rankings as well as get into the games for this coming week. But not much is going to change, AJ, I expect, in the playoff rankings because everyone won their football games except for number nine, Oklahoma who uh, lost to Oklahoma State, right? So they're going to drop out. But everyone else won their football games, including Alabama at number eight, who dominated LSU 42-28. And I know that you can't say, well, how are you going to put Alabama ahead of Texas? Uh, You know, Texas beat Alabama. Uh, Listen, based on last week's games, though, this past weekend, I actually think Alabama should be rated higher than Texas. I, I'm I'm not sure why you think that. I mean, Alabama put up points against a defense that hasn't stopped anyone all year. Um, and Texas took overtime to barely get by Kansas I mean, State. Kansas State's home. a good team. I mean, this is sure. uh, like to act like Kansas State is somehow like just a walkthrough game. I, I, I don't believe in that. Uh, this is that's, that's been one of the most consistent teams in the Big 12. I think it was a good and remember Texas is playing with a backup quarterback. Like that's something else to consider. Mm-hmm. Like when when you're when you're talking they beat Kansas State. Yes, it took overtime. They're playing with a backup quarterback. Um 
yeah, I, I, but I think it's all going to hash itself out at the end. The, the other of team course. that lost that I said at last week, I was saying there were 10 teams that had a path. Oklahoma wasn't one of them, but Missouri was. Uh, Georgia mm-hmm. handling them, knocks them out of that mix. And now I think it's down to nine. And in the in the AP poll, I think it's one through eight. And then Ole Miss, I don't think, again, I don't think Penn State has a real path anymore. Um, but it's it's there's still everybody's still got a, a pretty decent shot things have to break break the certain ways for certain teams I'll tell you the team that impressed me the most this week though and it's Oregon they, they continue to do everything they're supposed to they continue to dominate they played yeah. Cal it, that's fine Cal stinks but they made them look like they stink Everybody else has struggled. Like Florida State, it was just such a grind to get through a, a pit team that's just dead. Um, Ohio State struggled. Like it, it felt like they were there was a possibility they could have lost that game at one point uh, to Rutgers, and and that's I mean Rutgers really. It, it just it feels like the only team playing really dominant football right now is Oregon, mm-hmm. and they have a loss by their name, which certainly puts them behind the eight ball. Um, but they can they avenge, can't that, avenge loss. that loss. And I guess I I, I I guess it doesn't feel like Michigan dominated and Michigan's got bigger problems than winning by more than 28 against Purdue. Uh, mm-hmm. But it, I guess they're still looking pretty solid on the field anyway. But it just doesn't feel like any of these teams are great. And that includes Georgia, yeah. who's been the, the runaway best team the last two years. It feels like it's up for grabs, which is exciting. You know, if you're a college football fan and you're tired of seeing the same old, same old, there's a lot of different teams here who could jump up and make something happen. Absolutely. Uh, the big big news, not in the rankings. Uh, USC, <laughs> not in the rankings, speaking of. Uh, but they fire defensive coordinator Alex Grinch. And it, the defense has been a, a huge issue for this USC team. And Lincoln Riley said enough's enough. With two games left on their schedule, Alex Grinch is Listen, gone. Lincoln Riley is feeling his own heat. Uh, he, yeah, it does. It makes sense. This is the first time since he's been there that they, that USC has been outside the top 25. People are starting to get frustrated. Uh, you know, Caleb Williams after the game, going and crying and then, which I, I saw a lot of people making fun of him for crying. Listen, he, he, the guy's struggling in a way he never saw himself struggling, but mm-hmm. the fact that he's like, I want to go home and cuddle with my dog and watch some TV. That doesn't feel promising to me. It feels like this USCT, I said this, it feels like once things go bad for them, they wanted to quit. I think this is their quit time. Like, I I don't think that, I don't think it's going to get better. And playing that Oregon, that dominant Oregon team at Oregon this weekend, oh, I I think this could be ugly. Got a full slate in the NBA today. We'll start with the Sixers, 11 and a half point favorites hosting the Wizards. Uh, the San Antonio Spurs, who someone finally cooled them off. They are plus seven and a half at Indiana. The Warriors, six-point road favorites at Detroit. Mavericks, plus one and a half at Orlando. The Milwaukee Bucks, minus five and a half at the Brooklyn Nets. The Lakers, plus one at the Heat. Clippers, minus two at Scott's Knicks. The Boston Celtics, four-point road favorites in Minnesota. The Jazz catching three and a half at Chicago. Kings plus two at Houston. Second time these teams have played in a row. Uh, Atlanta minus two and a half at OKC. And the Pelicans are plus six at Denver. AJ, I got good news and bad news. Which do you want first? Is this the hockey segment? What? 
Yeah, go, let's do no, some good just news go. Ahead, let's get the, the bad news, news is, out of the way. Let's just do it. Well, the good, well, the good <sighs> news is that I did not jinx. I was not the mush for VGK. I was in the building and they blew out the avalanche. I like that nothing. you texted me that. So I was, was like, hey, it wasn't me. I, I didn't do this. It wasn't me. I was not the mush. I was not the mush. But VGK playing the second night of a back-to-back in Anaheim last night. Falls to the Ducks 4-2, suffering their first regulation loss of there the should be an asterisk by this. 11-1-1. There should one. be an asterisk by this. Like The idea that what? they had to play back-to-back the first games at home and then they have to travel and play on the road the next game. It's, it's so unfair. It's such an mm. unfair scheduling spot for them. Uh, the the NHL terrible. should be ashamed of themselves, to be honest. And I don't even <laughs> consider this a real loss. Also, uh, elsewhere last night, the Devils, without Jack Hughes, defeat the Blackhawks 4-2. to two. Tonight, we have uh, four games on your schedule. The Lightning at the Maple Leafs. Toronto's a minus 155 favorite. The Blue Jackets at the Panthers, Florida, minus 230 favorites. The Bruins are at the Stars. That's a great game. Dallas is minus 135. So you have a 9-1-1 Boston team. That is an underdog on the road. Well, it's because the Stars are 7-2-1 and one on the year. And then the Oilers are a small minus 115 favorite at the Canucks. The Oilers, who are 2-7-1 and one on the year. Vancouver is playing really good hockey, 8-2-1 and one on the year, including 4-0-1 oh at home. That should be a good matchup there in Vancouver tonight. A reminder, you guys can save $10 off anything you'd like at pregame.com. If you use our promo code HOOPS10, HOOPS10 will save you $10 off of your purchase at pregame.com. Could be a daily best bet package. Could be a seven-day all-access, weekend all-access, whatever you'd like at pregame.com. Take $10 off using our promo code HOOPS10. For AJ Hoffman, I'm Scott Seidenberg. We are straight out of Vegas. Hey, yeah.